Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to disrupt supply chains, and this is having a big impact on fleets. One company has taken a very proactive approach to provide the industry with the support it needs to overcome this challenge. Daniel Simon from Dorman Products is a returning guest. If you would like to listen to his first appearance on the show, go back and listen to episode 58, where we discuss key drivers to sell more heavy-duty parts. Daniel, welcome back to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. So glad to have you here. Jamie, great to be on again. Thanks for having me. So today we're going to talk about how your company is ramping up heavy-duty parts support. Give us a status report. How bad is the situation out there right now? Yeah, Jamie, great question. It is, uh, it's about as difficult of an environment from a supply chain standpoint as I've ever seen. You know, we've been through longshoremen strike out on the West Coast in the past, and uh, the challenges here are, I would say, significantly more global in scope and uh, more broad based in the impact. So I talk to a lot of manufacturers and I hear a lot about raw materials. Is it just raw materials that are, you know, behind on because of the disruption or is it deeper than that? Yeah, it's another great question there. It really is deeper than that. And that's what makes this so challenging, right? You know, in the past, usually when you got major supply chain, there's you know a port strike, right? And that causes some real disruption. Or we face container shortages before, or there's been times where raw materials have been diverted, you know, due to, you know, whether it's another health outbreak issues, et cetera, that have impacted raw materials. You know, but in this case, it's really every segment of it. So you got issues with raw materials, we got challenges with container availability, we got challenges with getting containers on a boat, and then obviously even domestic here in the US, we've got challenges through the uh, through the ports and and trucking as well, limiting the ability to get supply chains moving. And it's such a trickle-down effect because you've got, let's say you have a raw materials shortage. So for example, one uh, manufacturer I was talking to, they said they didn't have enough resin. So then they had to shift their entire production line over to another type of production. That slowed everything down. They were shut down for several months, so or, or weeks, I should say. So this all has this cumulative effect. Yeah, certainly. And and let's not forget, I mean, labor is really constrained right now as well. So if you want to make a major shift in technology, the ability to get labor and do that quickly and retrain is certainly a, a difficult environment right now as well. And it's such a big impact on fleets because, for example, if there's a sensor or something that they can't get, this one stupid sensor could have a, sh- a truck shut down for a week. You're exactly right. There's, uh, you know, there's a couple parts just like that on the on the emission side. You know, a single sensor, a torn gasket, or I mean, even things like a loose V-band clamp, spot on. Right, it can be causing incremental issues down through the after treatment or even shutting a truck down. 
And and that really is one of the areas that you're seeing be particularly hard hit is the diesel emission systems on commercial diesel trucks. The supply chain challenge is broad based against all parts categories, but the emission systems, there's really two things I see there that are driving an acute challenge. One, as we just mentioned, it puts a truck down, right? So you're going from the ability to maybe make a decision about deferred maintenance, you know, to get through a spot time. But with the regulations through a vehicle, I mean, you can't do that for, for an after treatment part that's going to shut a vehicle down. And the other side is, you know, these emission systems, there's really only one or two players that are, are really manufacturing the bulk of these bolt-on after treatment systems. And so where you've got a challenge at any one sub-supplier, it has an outsized impact across the entire OE market. And then add to that, orders are back up for new truck builds. You know, there's a lot of demand for new trucks. And at the same time, a lot of these bolt-on after treatment systems are the same technologies now since 2017. And a lot of times it's even running the same parts and, and technology from the 2013 EPA. So you could have parts that are now for a truck that are six, seven years old, you know, that really needs these products, but that part is still demanded on a new build today. So even as product starts to get back into stock, a lot of that's getting diverted primarily to the contractual new builds. So again, to your point, having an outsized impact on the fleet business. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't have a heavy-duty part number and need to look up a part? Diesel Parts is a cross-reference and parts lookup tool that makes it easier to identify heavy-duty parts than ever before. Go to parts.diesellaptops.com or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. We're back from our break, and before the break, we were talking about the supply chain issues that are being caused by the pandemic and then the fallout, really, from all of that. And one of the things that we left off talking about, Daniel, was was the, the way that the original equipment manufacturers of the trucks are responding. So can you just go into a little bit of detail of what the situation is there and how it impacts the aftermarket? The OEs, the, the original equipment manufacturers here, the truck manufacturers, you know, there's two sides to it. One, I think it's difficult for them to be particularly responsive as they are reliant on their current tier one supply chain. Right. So it's very difficult for a for a OE to to veer away from that or pivot away in a very short period of time. And then add to that, even if they do make a change, the challenges for the rest of the supply chain continue. So you could make a sub supplier change on a sensor or a gasket, but getting container availability like that challenge still exists. And and as we were mentioning, you know, there's a there's a backlog on new truck builds and a lot of these parts get diverted primarily to the new part build. You know, the other side is OEs are going to be very aggressive on trying to maintain their market share of new vehicle builds. So there sometimes can be a little bit less of a focus on aftermarket or after sales support. And that's a real shame, especially in an environment like this, where you know the supply chain and getting products moving as the economy continues to open back up, it's a critical piece here. And to think that the supply chain impacting parts availability is putting trucks down which is really exacerbating the product as it's getting more and more difficult to get, you know, truckload, you know, quantities and get parts and products moved out of the ports. You know, there sort of gets to be a little bit of this catch 22 type situation. Yeah, and and there's such a focus on on maintaining uptime with fleets and so everybody's been kind of talking about that for a few years now, but the reality is is that when you have these supply part shortages like we talked about earlier, something as small as a sensor or clamp or gasket can actually put a truck down. 
what kind of a of an impact economically speaking does that have i mean it's 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 almost incalculable right i mean uptime you know we know in in freight uptime is the difference between profitability and and non-profitability for a fleet right so you know dormant has been always very much engaged and in front strategically of saying our strategy is to find the biggest pain points for from an uptime standpoint for our end users the end fleets and owner operators out there and try to bring really high quality solutions to the aftermarket to fix that pain point. When we talk about after treatment, you know, we know that about 97 to 98% of that part spend is going back to the OE channel. And so, you know, the, the supply chain is sort of hyper focused, over focused at the OE channel. And so ultimately, when there's one hiccup, it can have a very large, you know, really outsized impact on, uh, on that, fleet, that fleet business. Yeah. And when you're a parts distributor and you've got some choices to make around who you supply, you know, you've got two people asking for the same part. You only have one of them in stock. Who are you going to give it to? You're going to give it to the large fleet that gives you a lot of business. So it sounds to me like the people who are at the most risk from being uh, disrupted from this is really the second, third owners, the, the smaller people who make up the largest part of the industry when you put them all together in a group. That's right. That's right. Right. And that's where we talk about that outsized impact. You're exactly right. Right. So any product available today is step one, it's going to go to, to new production. Step two, it's going to go to the large national fleets that that have, you know, purchase agreements with the OE. And there's nothing left after that in this environment for that mid-sized fleet, you know, let's call it a hundred trucks and down through the owner operator market where you're you're spot on. You know, we we know that 70 to 75 plus percent of the actual trucks on the road. So unfortunately. This is hitting some of the segment of the fleet business that's probably the most critical for getting distribution moving across the greater supply chain outside of just you know heavy duty truck parts. And we're concerned about the the trucks, but then of course, what do those trucks do, right? What vocations are they in? I mean, they're the underpinning or the backbone of society, if you will. So this isn't just affecting the people in the business, in the industry, it affects everyone. That's right. As you said that, I was just thinking to myself that pipeline shutdown from from a month ago or so that cyber attack. And, you know, very quickly the federal government offered the ability to to truck fuel from down south up into the northeast corridor, and that was a, a great I call it a gesture, right? But there's certainly like you're exactly right. There is not nearly enough capacity out there in a good day to actually make a dent on that business. And in this environment today. You know, there is certainly not enough spare trucking capacity to have made an impact. And personally, I think that's a big reason why, you know, they were so aggressive on um, on on getting that pipeline up and running sort of whatever way possible, because ultimately you're spot on, you know, in this environment now with the supply chain challenges, there's not any kind of slack capacity out there to pivot into to transporting oil and gas in volume. Right. And, and we're hoping that the inflation impact that it's having right now is a temporary thing. I mean, a lot of economists are trying to say that, but part of me says, yeah, but how many times do you see prices go down after they go up? So this has the potential to have real long-term implications for all of us. That's that's right. Look, I mean, the container business itself is controlled by, you know, I think it's like 90% of container production is with two firms anymore. So obviously there's a lot of incentive to not significantly boost container production. You know, the global, you know, business on on actual, you know, ocean transit is controlled by, a, you know, a relatively small number of very large firms. So, you know, getting slack capacity added quickly 
the economics aren't there, it's it's going to be difficult to envision a near-term situation where a lot of that cost increase starts starts coming back. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. When repairing a diesel engine, it is essential to only use high-quality engine parts. AFA Industries manufactures OEM quality complete in-frame kits, replacement engine parts, and seals and gaskets for diesel engines at great aftermarket prices. To learn more, go to afaindustries.com where you can request them to direct you to a local distributor. Check out afaindustries.com today. So we're back from our break, and before the break, we were talking about just how this supply chain issue is impacting not just our industry, but also everyone in society. But now we're going to move on to something a little more positive. So Daniel, tell me, how has Dorman made a concerted effort to step up, to ramp up heavy-duty parts uh, supply, you know, and and to really support the industry for medium and heavy-duty trucks? Yeah, thank, thanks, Jamie. You know, look, I'm very fortunate, and, and Dorman on our heavy-duty business is very fortunate that we've got a one-plus-billion-dollar organization that's that's got a really global supply base that we can divert some of those resources and some of that focus from our automotive business. So don't get me wrong, it's really important for us to support all of our segments, but we got alignment across the organization very quickly that in terms of what's important for Dorman and what's important for, you know, for our fleet customer and ultimately what's really important for the US economy as we reopen is doing everything that we did have inside our power to support where these shortages were and get uptime going, get trucks back on the road. So we've been able to divert containers for other programs. We've been able to ramp up production, make spot buys, you know, do a lot of things that are able to support that business. You know, we've had products that went in a matter of a week, you know, we're up about 6,000%, right? It's impossible to plan for that. And what I'm really proud of the team is how quickly everyone was able to get together, get that information out through our supply chain, our logistics organization, and whether it's air freight, whether it's production, whether it's getting additional products built and placed, you know, we've been able to respond to that demand and really limit our out of stocks on those SKUs. Again, we're talking 6,000 plus percent um, increases going from, you know, one week to the next. And our team's been able to really respond and, uh, and, and stay in stock there and support the industry. It's been, been really incredible. That's fantastic. When it comes to the after-treatment products, we were talking about those a little earlier. How important is it to give someone a, a direct replacement that's an exact fit? Like, how does that impact performance? Because I think one of the things that we're all a little worried about is, well, it's fine that the parts showed up, but what parts am I getting? Is it the same as what I'm used to buying? Yeah, that's a great question. So we did not make any kind of decisions that would have changed our supply base. We didn't make any decisions that change our materials, our raw materials, or the performance. And you're exactly right. I mean, getting an OE equivalent product in terms of quality, durability, and functionality is critical, especially in after treatment, because any one of these components on after treatment will shut a truck down. So we know getting a free part out there, it's not worth it, right? Having a truck that's down 100, 200, 1,000 miles from where your home base is for a relatively simple part across the after treatment system, it doesn't actually fix the issue. So our entire focus has been taking what we already know is good product that's already in our system and uh, doing everything we can really from a supply chain standpoint. And again, you know, there's no magic bullet to any of this. It takes focus. It takes getting creative and finding where there's capacity. And it's difficult. 
right? I mean, air freight, you, you think, you know, normally in these kind of challenges, the first thing you can do is start to look to air freight stuff. But that market's really backed up. There's not a lot of air travel between, you know, passenger travel between Asia and the United States right now, you know, due to the COVID pandemic. So that's layering on another challenge here where, you know, a lot of air freight slack capacity sits in the passenger plane market. You just don't realize it, you know, the belly United flights got plenty of gaskets on it. And that market is pretty much dried up. So, you know, it's it's taken a real concerted effort, but we've been really focused on maintaining our OE grade, um, no, no supplier changes. It's been really a matter of leveraging that supply chain. So as a manufacturer, you see these things first, that you see the beginning of these trends first, because then from you, it comes down to the rest of the industry. Do you have any feeling on when these supply chain issues are going to resolve themselves? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've got Dorman as I got a great team out there in the field that are in the door with fleets every day, trying to understand what their pain points are. You know, as we talked in the beginning, I said, you know, our biggest goal strategically, understand what the end user's pain points are and fix them. So, so you're right. We're getting that feedback very early in the challenge cycle. And I think that's one of the places where I say, you know, getting alignment internally and moving a billion plus dollar organization, you know, I got a lot of trust from people that were saying, look, I'm telling you, I'm not seeing it yet, but this is coming. And uh, we've been able to get support around that, which has really just been phenomenal. In terms of when this eases up, if I were to take a guess, it is going to be a challenge through at a minimum, the balance of 2021 for some parts that will be out of stock at the OE for the balance of 21, period. And then from there, we're probably looking at about 18 months to get back to a normal supply or a near normal supply in the after sales market at the OE. And again, that gets into the heart that a lot of these parts are still being used on new builds. So even as inventory starts to get better, you know, there's a backlog of new truck builds as well. So, so that's going to be a real challenge. So especially at that tier two and, uh, and tier three and, and down to the owner operator market, we really expect this challenge to continue for 12 to 18 months. And we're planning around that. Wow. And one of uh, the fleets that I recently was talking to, you know, they, they told me, they said, look, we put in a big order for trucks in 2021. And we were told flat out, you are not going to see any of these trucks until the end of 2022 into 2023. It's like, wow. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. And that gets to the heart of what we were saying and what we're seeing with a near 18 month continued challenge at the after sales um, at the OE channel. Because again, a lot of these parts, you know, they're on a bolt-on after treatment system that's used across multiple vehicle platforms. And, uh, and a lot of those, those parts are going to get diverted and prioritized first for new truck builds, which doesn't do much to solve the challenge of, uh, of uptime in the industry right now and getting these trucks back on the road. Well, we're very grateful for the steps that companies like Dorman is taking to ramp up support for our great industry. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. And we've been speaking with Daniel Simon from Dorman Products. If you'd like to sign up to receive regular updates on product announcements from Dorman, head over to dormanproducts.com slash sign up and links will be in the show notes. Daniel, thank you for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report again. Nice to have you back. Jamie, it was great. Thanks so much for having me again. Great talking with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and I just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. 
HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment. 